0: Lord Jesus, we have come to adore you. Lord, we we adore you every Sunday when we gather to worship you. And Lord, many across this planet are gathering in worship centers and churches, and they're adoring you and they're worshiping you. Lord, you are truly the reason for Christmas. You came into this world to bring light, and you've shed that light in our hearts by us being born again and following you as our Lord and Savior so Father I pray this morning as we continue in a spirit of worship being led by the Holy Spirit that you would be magnified and that you would draw every single heart this morning to you and Lord I pray that as we look at the word of God that every person here and online will see the The Magahara, the great joy that word translates to. And Father, they'll hunger for it. They'll hunger for this great joy. And they'll find that joy in you. So, Lord, we love you and we praise you. Lord, anoint me with your Holy Spirit to teach your word. Anoint the listeners to receive the word. And Father, change our lives. Thank you for Christmas. First in Jesus' mighty name I pray. All God's people said, amen, amen. Amen. You may have a seat. Great to see everyone this morning. This morning we are in Luke chapter 2. This month, the theme of my messages have been um, the treasures of Christmas. And since the first Sunday of December... Y'all remember what we've looked at? We've looked at uh, adopted into God's family. Then we looked at what a living hope is. Then we looked at uh, how Christ came to bring us grace last week. And today we're looking at the, the, the Greek word is Magahara, it means great joy. But first, before we get into our study this morning, let's, let's read Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Uh, the first Christmas. The word of the Lord says in Luke chapter 2, verse 1, Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Father, thank you for your word as we look at the treasure of Christmas this morning, the fourth one. I pray that you open our hearts by your spirit. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, Father. Amen. The title of my sermon this morning is The Treasure of Christmas. And the fourth one that we're looking at today is Great Joy great joy we've spent this month looking at the uh, the treasures of christmas and i hope you have been blessed i hope your soul has been refreshed by the teaching on being adopted into god's family having a living hope and understanding that christmas is about god bringing grace into your life and today great joy and if there's anything that we need or desire more in this life could you agree it's joy we need joy in our souls. Joy relieves our stress. It, it brings healing uh, to our hearts. It just simply makes life more enjoyable when you're happy and you're filled with joy. I don't know about you, but I like joy. I like joy. Joy makes for a pleasant life. I don't like it when my life is, is void of joy and there's worry and stress. And in Christ, we can have complete and perfect joy Is your life, take inventory for a second, look back over the past six months, has your life, is your life filled with joy? Is your your life filled with joy? I'm not saying you don't have bad days, we all have bad days, but deep down inside, do you have joy in your heart from knowing that you are saved and that that you're going to heaven and that you're in a right relationship with God? Or do you have the fear of eternity? God wants to take away that fear of being lost by you receiving Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior and living in that wonderful, peace-filled, all-amazing joy. The word joy is used 211 times in your Bible. It's used 64 times in the New Testament. Scripture is crystal clear God wants his children to walk in joy. So we want to walk in joy. Philippians 4 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Paul wants us, Paul is saying, the Holy Spirit is saying through the Apostle Paul that he wants us to walk in joy and to rejoice, not in our life, not in our circumstances, but to rejoice that we're saved. That we're born again and that we have a living relationship with Christ Jesus. So, what I want to do this morning to convey this message of great joy is I want to study two verses, just two verses this morning. Uh, two verses that make up one sentence. They're divided by a semicolon if you look at it. And it's Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. Sometimes we go through a whole chapter and we take a 30,000 foot view of the text and what's saying. Sometimes we take a 10,000 foot and we dive a little bit deeper. Well, today, put your goggles on. We're going to dive deep into these two verses and we're going to see what the Word of God is saying in this passage. So let's study it. Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, which is one sentence. Verse 10 says, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. The first question we need to ask ourselves as we're examining this verse is, why were the shepherds afraid? You see, the shepherds lived mundane lives in the first century. They were like your average blue-collar worker today. They lived lives filled with family and work, and here they are herding and taking care of sheep for a living out there on the plains between Jerusalem and Bethlehem. And they were frightened, verse 10, they were scared because they had never seen this before. They had never seen this phenomenon that was happening around them. The glory of God was shining around these shepherds from heaven, okay? This angelic being was speaking to them. And it was like, wow, it was like a UFO. It was like, whoa. You know, we look up at the heavens at night and we see a, a, a dark universe. We see the stars, the planets. Sometimes you can see the Milky Way. And they, they saw that every night for their entire life. But on this night, there was this bright, penetrating light rending the heavens and coming down. They saw glory. They saw eternity. It was was truly amazing to them. I don't know about you, but if this was to happen to me, I might be a little scared too. I might be a little frightened. I might be running from mama if this happened to me. But they they're like... The angel says to them, "Do not be afraid," because they're afraid. Then look at the next part of the verse, in verse ten. He says, "For behold," that word "behold" is uh, is an exclamation in, in, in the Bible. "Behold" means to stop what you are doing, pay attention, listen closely. You don't want to miss this. Brace yourself for what I'm about to fi- what I'm fixing to say. So, so the, the angels are, are grabbing their attention, saying, listen closely. And so should our gospel presentation be to the world. You know, we, we don't cast our pearls to the swine. The gospel is precious. It's beautiful. And when we share the gospel with people, we should say, please, behold, stop, listen closely to what I'm saying. Your eternity depends on on what you do with Jesus. And we need to carefully, with articulation, present the gospel in a very serious, loving, kind manner. But we tell them, we tell the world, to behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Just like John the Baptist said, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. We need to be telling the world, behold God's Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for your sins. We need to have that same passion, that same zeal, that same enthusiasm that these angels had with the shepherds. He says, for behold, listen closely. Look at verse 10, uh, the next part of the verse. He says, I bring you good news. That English word good news in the Greek is angelion. in in the Greek. It literally means good news. Announcement. So that the angels were bringing good news. They were bringing good news to the shepherds and to the world. The the evangelion is going to change everything. Through what they're fixing to announce, they are it's going to bring grace. It's going to bring truth to a world lost in sin. The evangelion is truly good news for the soul weighted down by sin, smothered in darkness of this world. Man comes into this world. You came into this world. I came into this world lost in our sin, separated from God. And then God, through this angel, through the gospel of Christ Jesus, brings us good news. The good news of Christ is the doorway to God, salvation, and truth. Have you entered in through the door? Have you opened the door up to the good news of Christ? Have you received him as your Lord and Savior? Have you been born again? Do you have this living hope? Are you adopted into the family? Have you experienced grace? Have you entered through the door of the good news of Christ Jesus? That's what he offers to all people. That's what he offers, is, is good news. Make sure you've gone through the door of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the doorway. Grace, salvation, mercy, faith, hope, love, it all waits for us at the cross. And that's the beginning of this good news. And then look at, the, here's, my, here's the, the, the thrust of my sermon this morning, is the next phrase in verse 10. He says, uh, Luke uses the phrase, of great joy, of great joy, the Greek word is is maga, hurrah! Great ma, mega magas, which we the word mega in English, it means massive, it means weighty, it means large. Joy, the Greek word is, is hurrah! It means cheerful, delight, rejoicing, and gladness. Does that describe your life? As I was studying this week, and I was asking myself. David, does that describe your life? And there are some areas of my life where I experience a lot of joy, and there's days where I have great times, but also have downtime. Down time. But my heart and my, and my passion and my prayer for myself, for my family, and for you is that we experience this great joy from coming to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. He is eternal. Everything that happens in this world is temporary, is earthly. Our hearts need to be focused on eternity. Uh, This joy is not like the world's joy. The world's joy is superficial. The world's joy is pathetic. The world's joy is weak. It's based on circumstances. It's based on whether you have a big house. It's based on how much money you have in your checking account. It's based on whether life is going well or not that's weak compared to eternity that's weak compared to the great joy the magahara that Christ offers us in our relationship with him god's joy he notice he uses the phrase here in verse 10 great joy is in our hearts and god's joy according to the definitions blue letter bible god's joy is massive weighty large and is not affected by circumstances And if you believe and trust in Jesus this morning, this great joy can be yours. But if you're not believing and trusting in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this great joy is not available for you. It's only available for you if you come to Christ and receive him as your Lord and Savior. He's waiting for you. Come to the cross. Experience the new birth. And stand back and watch what God will do. He will flood your heart and your life with his immutable amazing beautiful uh great joy it's awesome so i want to focus on this term i want to focus on the, these two words great joy for the rest of my teaching based on verse um verse 10 it notice it says great joy this phrase uh mega hurrah appears 7 more times in the New Testament. So let's look at where the other where the rest of the New Testament uses this word great joy. The exact same Greek word. The the other place it's used is in Matthew chapter 2 verse 10. Matthew chapter 2 verse 10 says, "When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy." We're looking at we're not just looking at joy. Or I'd be giving you 211 Bible verses this morning. We're looking at great joy. So we're only looking at seven more verses. But Matthew chapter 2, verse 10, the Magi experienced this great joy when they saw the star, knowing that what? The star would lead them to Jesus. See, these guys came from a school in Babylon under Daniel. They had heard the prophecies of Daniel. They knew that a Messiah and a king was coming. And they knew that a star would be there and they were following the star and they were looking forward to seeing the star and they knew that because this was the fulfillment of Bible prophecy that they were going to see Jesus it brought them great joy. It brought them great joy. You pursue this world you will be miserable. You will be miserable. You'll be void and bankrupt on the inside. But if you pursue Christ with all your heart You can experience great joy. It's in Christ. Matthew chapter 28, verse 8. This phrase is also used. And it says, uh, Matthew 28, 8. And they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy. And they ran to report it to his disciples. Exact same Greek words are used here. The women in Matthew chapter 28 experienced this great joy. It overwhelmed them. The euphoric feeling was so great that they trembled in pure excitement. They had been crushed by the events of Calvary. They had been crushed as they saw their Lord and Savior crucified and shredded to pieces. But then early on that resurrection morning, when they encountered the risen Lord Jesus Christ. These ladies experienced the spectrum. They experienced the spectrum. They went from the deepest, darkest despair to the highest peaks of Maga Hara, great joy. It had just changed their world. I I remember when I first became a Christian, the years after I I became a born-again Christian, I was just blown away. I was on the carrier Eisenhower. I'd go up on the flight deck and I'd look out across the Atlantic because we were just all over the planet Earth, going here and there and all over the place. And I would look up at the heavens at night, out on the Atlantic Ocean. I would look out across the blue sea and I would see all creation and I would think about eternity. Eternity, the thoughts of eternity would fill my heart, and I'd be like, I'm saved. I'm born again. And I had this great joy deep inside of me. I went on two six-month deployments. I couldn't stand being away from friends and family. We called it haze gray and underway. You either saw a blue water or gray hull ship. But outside of those circumstances of life, I had this deep, great joy in my heart because I knew I was saved. God wants you to experience that great joy. But that great joy comes from following him. The next place is used in Scripture is Luke chapter 24, verse 52. And it says, And they worshiped him, returned, they, they, excuse me, and they, after worshiping him, returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Again, this is after Jesus' ascension, this is after his bodily resurrection. Uh, the disciples had witnessed it, and all of a sudden it clicked. All of a sudden it clicked. All of a sudden it made sense. They understood that Jesus had died on the cross for his sins. They understood he had rose from the grave. They watched him as a cloud hid him from their sight as he ascended. And they were like, this is it. This is it. And they worshipped him in spirit and truth. And when they worshipped him, they experienced great joy. They experienced great joy. And friends and family, we today can experience joy great joy when we worship Jesus that's why it's so important when you come to church um, or if you're worshiping at home that you clear your mind that you clear your your heart of the things going on in this world things going on in this life spend some time in the word wash your mind in the word and, and prepare yourself for worship because when we worship we're not just singing songs we're not just lifting our hands we are experiencing the true and living God And in that experience of worship, we should experience great joy. He wants us to experience great joy. Psalm chapter 16, verse 11 says, You will make known to me the paths of life. In your presence is what? Fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. See, it's more than just about Things going well in life it's about basing our joy on the condition of our soul that's where the joy comes from and then he says in verse 11 in your right hand there are pleasures forever who is seated at the right hand of the father the Lord Jesus Christ his person who he is what he has done for us this represents This great joy. He is our joy. Our joy is found in His presence. And when you worship in spirit and truth, John chapter 4, you can experience this great joy. Christmas is about experiencing uh, great joy. That is the treasure that God wants to communicate to us this morning in the study of His Word. It is written eight times great joy. In the New Testament. So I convey that message to you. Walk in His joy. Walk in His peace. Enjoy your relationship with God. Don't be all religious and filled with tradition, but have joy, have excitement in your life, knowing that that you're saved and that you're living for Christ. The next verse, Acts chapter 15 verse 3 says, therefore being sent on their way by the church, they were passing through Phoenicia and Samaria, describing in detail the conversion of the Gentiles and were and were bringing great joy to all the brethren. You see, the early church experienced this great joy as they saw the gospel going forward. It should bring, it brings us great joy as a body of Christ, as Christians, to see other people getting saved. When I see somebody get saved or you hear about revival taking place, it should bring us great joy. It should be, bring us great joy that we see that the Lord is at work in our church, in our community, and nationwide when we see revival taking place. 3 John chapter 1 verse 4, John says, I have no, here it is, greater joy than this to hear my children are walking in the truth. Again, we experience great joy when we see believers moving forward in their faith and being discipled. Right now, we have, I, I didn't count, I mean, I should, I should have counted this morning. Right now, we have in the church about seven, maybe eight, eight on eight discipleships going on right now. We have eight, seven to eight people roughly being discipled by eight other people. And we got about seven people of you guys that are in the queue for January. And that brings us great joy to see brothers and sisters uh, sharpening each other. The Bible says just as iron sharpens iron so one man sharpens another. It brings us great joy to see people in the body of Christ uh, being Discipled, And we are going to continue that. That's going to continue to be a a blueprint of Calvary Chapel Irmo and many of our ministries, and the one is discipleship. If you are here and you want to be discipled, you want to grow in your faith, then all you have to do is pull out a connection card, put your name across there, put across the bottom of it, discipleship. I will get in contact with you, okay? We're not going to send you off to school, we're not going to send you off to basic training. We're not going to. It's not going to be nothing rigorous. But what we'll do is we will pair you up with another believer in the church, and y'all will go through a book called Making Disciples. And it's it's about a eight. I think it's an eight to ten week uh, course. You meet one hour a week for ten weeks. And what it does, it, t- it takes you through the foundations of the Christian faith, and that grows you and that disciples you. So if you're interested in that. Uh, no pressure, but if you want to be discipled, uh, just fill out a connection card, drop it in the offering box, and we'll be touching base with you um, the first week of January. But that brings us great joy to see people, people discipled. Third John chapter 1, verse 4. first uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 8, we see this, uh, these same Greek words used again. It says, And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, you believe in him. Boy, that is faith. That is one of the best definitions of faith in all of scripture. Is you don't see him, uh, though you've not seen him, you love him. Faith produces love for Christ. It produces obedience in Christ. And though you do not see him now, you believe in him. And because of that living faith in Christ, the first half, second half of verse 8, it says, you, here it is, you greatly rejoice with hurrah, joy, inexpressible, And full of glory. Faith in Jesus produces great joy. As you know him as your Lord and Savior. And you walk with him. And you make him your Lord, your Savior, your best friend in life. He goes with you everywhere. He leads you. He guides you. He corrects you. He trains you. He sanctifies you. He sets you apart. And he causes you to grow in your Christian faith. My hope and prayer is that all of us are growing. This joy floods our hearts and minds. And and we talked about this in the beginning. Joy is what for our soul? It's medicine. I don't know about you, but when I face difficulties in life, when I face challenges, situations, I need joy. I need joy. And our world is being turned upside down right now by the perversion and the sin and the evil that's just running rampant at every level. And a lot of times, you get caught up in the things of this world It can steal your joy. It can steal what God has for you. And we need to come back to Christ. We need to get our lives centered on the cross so that we can experience this joy. God wants you to experience this joy, okay? He wants you to experience this joy. Make a a note in your Bible, John chapter 17, verse 13. I want to read it to you. This is Jesus' high priestly prayer on the evening before his crucifixion, he says this, and I quote, But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, so that they may have my joy made full in themselves. Jesus says it right there, John seventeen thirteen. He wants you to experience the byproducts of salvation in a relationship with him, and that is great joy. The next one, uh, one more. Uh, Jude chapter 1 verse 24 says now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling to make you stand in the presence of his glory blameless with there it is, there's that same word again used in Luke chapter 2 verse 10 great joy Christians experience great joy because we know God is faithful we live this life knowing that God is sovereign, God, is, God exists, God is sovereign, God is in control, and we trust in Him. And we know that He will keep us, and He will not let us go. And when life comes to an end, and we, and, and we, we will stand before Him in all His glory. That's why a Christian does not fear death. Biblically speaking, Death is a graduation. Death is a graduation. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8, it says, To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We will see him in all of his glory. And that's what he's talking about. And that should produce joy. I know the worst man can do to me is kill me, persecute me, hurt me. That's just in this life. There's eternity. How long are you going to be gone for when you leave this life? Think about that. Let it sober you. You're going to be gone forever and ever. There is nothing more important than our eternal salvation. And knowing that our eternal salvation is secure in Christ. Brings us great joy. Thank you. It brings us great joy. It brings us great joy, unspeakable joy. I, I, I just. If you take the word of God serious, and you believe it is the final authoritative word of God, which it is. Second um, Corinthians thirteen eight. Nothing can be done against the truth, but only for the truth. The truth is invincible. Uh, receive it or reject it but it's still the word of God and it still stands true Paul says in Romans what if some people do not have faith I think this is Romans 3 what if some people do not have faith will their lack of faith nullify the faithfulness of God in other words just because people don't believe the Bible does that make it not true Paul says no he says not at all he says let God be true every man a liar that's how firm and how solid our Christian faith is Man, this is our anchor, and we get to experience joy, praise the Lord. So great joy is throughout the New Testament, and God wants you to experience that great joy. Let's go back and finish up Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. I won't take as long on this part. I'll finish up the end of verse 10 and verse 11. Luke chapter 2, verse 10. I got three three phrases highlighted, bolded up there for you to see that I'm going to expound on. But Luke chapter 2, verse 10 says, Which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Who is this for? What does the word say? Is it for select individuals? It says right there in the scriptures, This salvation is made available for all people. But in order for people to partake of it, they have to repent. Of their sin and put their trust in Christ this great joy this great joy which is for all people the treasure of Christmas great joy is for all people is for Jews it's for Gentiles it's for rich it's for poor it's for the wretched sinners it's for those on death row it's for the rich man it's for the president it's for you and me it's for all to partake of this is Luke 2:10 it is for all people John 3:16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life 1 John 2:2 he is, Jesus uh, is not only the propitiation for our sin but he's the propitiation for all the world for those who will receive him believe on him trust in him and be born again they get to partake of that beautiful promise of great joy And then verse 11 he qualifies this verse 11 Uh, for what it takes to partake of this great joy. Verse 11 says, For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The treasure, this treasure of Christmas, great joy, is for all who will surrender to Jesus as, according to verse 11, Savior and Lord. You must surrender your life. Savior, that word Savior, that title Savior, means you trust in him to save you from uh, damnation. That you trust in him to save you uh, uh, for for the penalty of your sin against God. He saves you from the wrath to come, John chapter 3. He saves you uh, from your sin. He rescues you. He delivers you. He redeems you. All those words fall under the umbrella of Savior. He redeems you. He buys you back. In the first century, redemption meant to go into the slave market and purchase a slave out of the slave market to set them free. Jesus reached into the, our slave market because we were under the dominion of Satan and purchased us back by his precious blood, redeems us, his Savior. And then Lord, Lord uh, Lord's curios. Uh, it means... The, the sovereign creator and God, the one who is eternal. That That's what it means to confess Jesus as Lord and Savior. This great joy is not superficial happiness that is lost by illness, economic difficulties, or broken relationships, or even disappointments in life, as much as they hurt us and, and cause us to cry. It, it and, cause us grief deep down inside we can still have this great joy this great joy it flows from a deep unshakable confidence in God that you are his beloved child it is rooted in God's word and it flows from the Holy Spirit dwelling in our hearts this great joy begins when you receive Christ as Lord and Savior and you continue in your walk with him the, this joy begins with him and it continues with him, and it ends with him. Our joy in Christ is great. It's mega, and it is truly unspeakable. Now let's bring it back down to earth. Where are you at today? Where are you at today in, in the area of joy? What's hammering you in this life right now, this stealing your joy? What situation with the family, with work, with finances, what, 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 what is hammering away at your joy? I want to encourage you with all the encouragement and love that I have. Take your eyes off of your situation, whatever you're facing, and put your eyes on Jesus. Put your eyes on Christ and say, Lord. I repent. Please forgive me for taking my eyes off of you and put your eyes back on Jesus and let him flood your soul with joy. And if you're here this morning and you're not sure, you're not sure that you're saved, you're not sure that you're even born again, I ask you, what are you waiting on? Have you been born again? Have you been adopted into the family? Have you experienced grace? Do you have this living hope that we've talked about? Do you have this great joy? Well, friends, it's, it's not a, a methodology to receive in it. It's, it's a simply repenting of your sin, saying, God, I'm sorry for my sin. I repent. I turn away from my sin. Lord Jesus, I put my trust in you. Lord Jesus, please come into my life. I surrender my life to you. Have you done that? Have you done that? If you are not a born-again Christian, I encourage you today, surrender your life to him today. He loves you, and he displayed it by dying on the cross for you. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. Surrender your life to him and experience this great joy. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, we uh, thank you, Lord, for this amazing, great joy that comes to us through Christ. And Father, um, for the believers that are here, the Christians, I pray whatever is causing them, whatever is interrupting their joy, I pray, Lord, they'll take their eyes off that situation and they'll put their eyes on you. And that you will restore their joy. That you will restore their joy. And Father, if there's anyone here or watching online that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, that doesn't have this living hope, that doesn't have this great joy, I pray today they would surrender their life to you. With every head bowed, eyes closed, as you examine your soul, if there's anyone here this morning that doesn't know Christ as their Lord and Savior, I'm just going to ask you to slip your hand up and say, Pastor David, I need Jesus. I need this living hope. Living hope, great joy comes from believing in Jesus and trusting in Him with all of our hearts. This great joy is beautiful, it's unspeakable, and it's amazing. If you're here and you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior or you've fallen away just want to remind you that you can come see me or one of the elders after service and we would love to sit down and talk with you more and pray with you so that you can experience this great joy by believing and trusting in Christ know that we're here and we're available for you after service family of God let's walk in his great joy let's experience his great joy and let's celebrate his amazing joy great joy.